What's up, guys, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about communication, how you can improve your communication skills and use it everywhere. For example, I'm a marketer, and for me, it's more important to communicate with my customers, stakeholders, and anybody else who can help to create content and get results. So I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Angela Podolsky. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Anatoly, for inviting me to your awesome podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to learn more about communication because, uh, yeah, I meet communications every single day. I communicate. I reach out to new people. Uh, I communicate with my uh, old customers. So it's very important today to find the right words, uh, to personalize all messages. Before we start, just tell more about your experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about this topic. For sure. I'm happy to do that. So my name is Angela Podolsky. I specialize in nonverbal communication. I'm a behavior analyst, and I mainly work with companies to help them understand how they communicate and then how to read others. And that comes in, like you mentioned, there's so many areas. It can be in your work, with your clients, uh, with even in your family and your kids with your partners, communication is everywhere. And unfortunately in school, we only learn to communicate in words and in writing and reading, but communication is, as we are all adults and growing up, we realize that it's a lot more complex, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell more about personalization? For example, I get every single day a lot of uh, spam messages, uh, templates uh, without any personalization. And someone can ask me, please buy something from me. I have awesome products, but I, I don't care about that. I have no time to check out all these products. Can you tell how to personalize the message? For example, if I want to reach out to new customers, clients, how to find the right words for example if I, uh, I'm going to increase my sales by uh, using direct communication so I think we need to step back before that and understand in general communication um, mm -hmm. com first we want to understand if we're looking at the business what is that we want to achieve at the outcome and in that way we're looking also externally right the external world and what's out there and uh, what we can do. But first and foremost, we need to understand how to communicate internally. And what does that mean? What is communication? What kind of channels of communication we have? Do we bring biases to the table? We don't. Uh, is there different cultural differences when I communicate, right? So we, let's look at ourselves first and understand what's this communication. So communication, there is over six channels of communication, which is face, body, verbal style, verbal content, psychophysiology, and tone. All of those channels constantly give messages and you receive messages through those channels. So why understanding each of the channels, then we can say, okay, how do I want to communicate? How do I want to show up? And then after that, look at somebody else and say, okay, well, how are they communicating? How are they showing up? And then is there any cultural differences? Because for an example, cross hand in one place means reserve, another place means I'm cold, and another place means, oh, I'm actually leaning back and thinking and taking in what you're saying. So we need to look at all the different channels of communication. And in your field, in marketing specifically, we need to understand not to just send messages but have actually a sophisticated way of looking into communication. For an example, what is the linguistic part? Then 
what is how can i incorporate the other channels of communication the tone the voice the 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 content how can i make it interesting how can i speak we also need to look at okay where is that person located are they in a country that is formal communication or informal communication all of these things contribute so you it's a matter of asking yourself how personalized you want to be in your messages versus how broad and you're just shooting the darts and hoping something will hit yeah yeah, I, I often see these darts, you know, <laughs> they are everywhere, you know, in yeah, my yeah. email, LinkedIn, everywhere, you know, yeah. every single day, 100 darts, you know, <laughs> trying to achieve something from me. So, yeah. Uh, can you tell more about uh, how to uh, learn customers or uh, people if I, I'm going to reach out to them? to provide some insights how to start learning because you mentioned that we need to consider many things culture uh interest behavior i don't know many other stuff can you tell about uh getting this data before uh reaching out right i would say first you need to look at yourself it's always starts with yourself you know there's a funny thing that happens in the world right now everybody is focused about influence they're like, ah, influence, 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 influence. I'm sure you see it every day in the world, uh, in your world of business, right? But the thing is, influence starts with yourself. To get to influence, to this influence state, you actually need to first be self-awareness. Then you have to go into self-management, then awareness of others. And only after that is managing others with the influence. And most people, they all jump into this influence situation, but they never go through understanding all the other steps that needs to take step. It's like saying, oh, I want to build a business and have all of this and want to make millions in, in one month, but they don't realize there's many steps to get that first. And they all want to jump. Everybody wants to jump. But when you jump, what happens? The fundamentals are not there and then it ends up being broken. Therefore, what we need to take a look at first is understanding yourself. So, okay, before I have a meeting, uh, let's say I'm going into meeting a client or I'm going into a sales pitch. Okay, let's look at myself. Am I self-aware? What are the messages I am saying to myself in my head? What are the biases I can maybe bring to the table with speaking with this client? Am I in the right mood? Um, or did I had a fight a second ago? How do I need to ch change my state, right? Now, how is my office looks? How is my setup looks? How is my company looks? What are the message? What are the things I need to tell him? Do I have that in place in my head or on paper? However, you want to work. That's self awareness. Then we go into management. Oh, okay. No, I had a fight before, or I had. Um, you know, things that aren't aligned or I, 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 you know, I am not set up for success, then you need to manage it. You need to address those things. So let's say, okay, for example, if I'm on a Zoom call with somebody, what are the messages I'm giving? And I'm showing them the different channels of communication or I'm just showing them their face. So if my camera is really close, I'm only showing them the face of the channel of communication. I'm not showing them my hands, I'm maybe not using my intonation properly, all of those things. Because if you show your hands, it's actually I'll bring a lot more credibility and a lot more trustworthy because showing your hands, showing I'm coming in peace. And, and for, you know, unfortunately, you had different situations, but uh, in, in your country, and I'm sorry for that, that you had to go through that. 
But those things, especially when people are in hidden senses be between the wars, between COVID, because many things are happening in the world right now, we need to bring those tools forward. So for example, communicating, showing their hands makes people at ease. Because if you're only showing your face, they may feel fight and flight because they still don't know if they can trust you. But showing your hands um, brings credibility, brings more openness, those things that we don't have anymore when we meet face to face, we have it, but on Zoom, we don't. So self-awareness, self-management, we're managing those things. And then after that, we need to go awareness of others. So what's awareness of others looks like? Awareness of others say, okay, where's this person? Well, this person, let's say, uh, been through crazy things, moved, moved locations, you know, have to reinvent, okay, he's maybe on a hyper or low, that let me be aware of that. Let me come with uh, different messages, different questions. Maybe I'm not going to go straight into business questions. Maybe I'll ask them how they're doing, how their family, how things like that. Where are they at? What kind of situation they're at business-wise? So what is that awareness of others, cultural awareness? You know, are they formal or informal? Culture and awareness of the distancing. If you face to face, you know, some cultures you're okay to be close and you hug right away and the whole thing. Some people, there, some cultures it's like arm length apart and to break that distance takes a really, really long time. So being aware of others. So first let's, okay, then I'm aware. And only then you can manage others, meaning coming to the meeting and then managing the situation. See, okay, when you have all that data, then you can influence. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course it makes sense. But I, I'm interested about uh, being yourself, for example, or consider my style. Uh, I understand that uh, I need to please my clients. Uh, I need to consider their preferences, behaviors. But uh, in the end, uh, I want to be myself as well. Can you right. Tell yeah. about the balance between considering customers and being yourself. Because, for example, if it's not my personality, for example, people are introvert or extroverts, you know, they want to communicate more or uh, prefer to text uh, instead of speaking directly or using camera as we do right now. Can you tell about the balance, how to find this yeah. balance, for example, to consider customers and uh, stay themselves? <laughs> I love that question. Great, great question. I love that question. And I get it a lot. So it's, I'm actually really happy you asking because it's a hard thing to manage, right? And especially if you're new into business, you want to be pleasing, but then you lose from yourself and then you're too extroverted because you need to go with everybody tell you, you need to go and network and hustle and be loud and all of that. But then you're like, but that's not who I am. And okay, it's, I love this question because it's, it's a really hard and complex but I'll try to simplify it. Um, the way I call it is scale up and scale down. Mm -hmm. Okay. So imagine you have two extremes. You have somebody that is very introverted and somebody is very extroverted. Okay. And you guys are meeting. And I had somebody actually in the client that we had this situation. It was very, very funny to discuss because she was very she, she was very animated, very extroverted, and the person she was meeting was very introverted and very quiet and you know sitting uh, very differently. And then every time that person wanted to get close, the other person will move back. And so the other person tried to get close and the other person moves back. So it was really funny, interesting like dynamic happening there. 
And that's why awareness is important. In that state where you're like, okay, you're in front of a client, you want to be yourself. And I, the thing that will add, being yourself is very important because everything you're feeling, everything you're feeling will show up on your nonverbal communication. Everything you're feeling will show up on your nonverbal communication. So if you're trying to hide something, it's not going to work. Because no. it will it's will leak. It will leak in your tone. It will leak in your physiology. It will leak maybe in your um, psychophysiology, which is uh, the colors of your face, of your movement. It will leak. So we have to stay ourselves. Having said that, we need to keep in mind the scale up and scale down, what I, I call it, is that if I am sitting in front of a person that is different than me, I'm going to stay myself but meet them a little bit closer to where they are because as much as we want to stay the same a hundred percent we know that as human beings we we're you know evolved but we still you know the the animals that we are we like to be with like we mm -hmm. like to be with people that like-minded. We like to be with people that's similar to us. We can relate to them. We can connect to them. We feel more at home with them. Therefore, we need to scale up a little bit closer to that individual. So if that individual uses their hands a bit more so and you're very introverted, try to use a little bit your hands. Um, if, if that individual a little bit more quiet, like the story I was telling you before, slow down change your pace, mm -hmm. use a softer tone, adjust to that individual, meet them where they are. And that's okay. That's compassion. That's not changing who you are. That's being yourself, but showing compassion and meeting the person where they are. So if you have somebody that is, as you see, I quiet down, I, I got softer now, right? If you have a person that is more like that, Meet them where they are. Make them feel cared. Make them feel comfortable. Make them feel that you are there with them. And, and then slowly the dynamic naturally will, will adjust itself and you kind of will meet together. It's similar, you know, when you are dating, when you're meeting your first part time, your, your, your partner, right? You're not barbarding them with all you. you you're trying to listen to them. You're trying to... to be there, listen to their interests, who they are, and, and mimic and mirror them consciously or subconsciously. If you like somebody, it naturally happens, right? So you want to do the same. So we call it scale up and scale down. Move away to, to, to a little bit towards that person that you, you are meeting with obviously staying, staying yourself, but with compassionately meeting them where you are. And the next thing people ask me is this. Oh, but why do I need to do this? Why do I need to move? Why do I have to do that all the adjustment? Well, you don't have to. It's your choice. Nobody has to do anything. Nobody has to do anything. But it's called emotional intelligence. So if you want to be an influencer, a good leader, you need to be able to communicate to different people and have that ability and flexibility to change and, and then adjust and show, we all have those sides. It's just showing different sides of you, right? And, and, and play with that a little bit. And that will, will benefit. So you don't have to, uh, but if you wait for everybody else to change, 
then uh, you may be <laughs> waiting for a really long time. Yeah, got it. So valuable. Love it. Love it. Uh, uh, can you tell about communicating with uh, angry people, uh, yeah. possible angry customers who got a uh, bad experience with your products? Uh, things happen, you know, uh, and uh, for example, I remember when Bill Gates shared that angry customers can uh, lead you in the right direction, how you can develop and innovate products. But in the end, we need to communicate communicate with them to decide the problems. Uh, uh, can you tell about finding the right words when people are angry, they don't understand what's going on around them. Uh, it takes time, you know, to uh, to come down, but we need to do it. Can you tell more about that? Yeah. So, so many things to say about that, but I'm thinking which direction should I take you? But one of the things that comes to mind immediately is that why are you getting angry if somebody else is angry? Mm -hmm. Nobody is uh, controlled of your emotions. You're the only one controlling your emotions. Mm -hmm. so nobody can make you feel anyhow unless you let them. So nobody can make you feel angry, sad, anything unless you let them. So I often say an emotion or experience is nothing till you're associated to a story. So you, till you're associated to your own something, connecting to other stories that you have in your head. So I would say the first thing with a customer comes to you and they're angry about something, it, they are angry. That's the key word in all this sentence. They are angry. You don't need to be angry. There's no reason to be angry because they are angry. That's the that's that's the whole sentence, right? If the customers come to you and they are angry, it's them that are angry. But it's very important to differentiate that and say, okay, they are angry. I don't need to be angry. Then the next step is say, okay, well, what's going on here? Asking with compassion, saying, okay, what's happening? Tell me, tell me. And when they tell you, they tell you a story. And that's their story. That's their story. That's what they took and made it their own. They made that story for their own. That story doesn't matter if it's true, if it's not true, or they are angry at something else and they just directing it at you. It may be not even related to you, but there are something happened in their own life or their own that they're just angry. Maybe they just Maybe they just bumped their car and now it's broken and or maybe something else happened and they're just angry. So then we, we have to ask, okay, ask them questions, open-ended questions. My, what does that mean, open-ended questions? There are questions that are not answers yes and no. Uh, it's questions that there is something for them to say longer. So what happening? What else? Is there anything else? And let them give us all the case. All the case, meaning all the story. And when they finish, keep asking them, is there anything else? Till they give you all the story. After they give you all the story, tell them you understand. It doesn't matter if you don't understand 100%. It doesn't matter that you agree, but you need to then make them feel understood and make them feel like they are heard. Because the worst thing to do to somebody is not make them feel heard. It doesn't matter that you have, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but you need to make them feel heard. 
When you make them feel hurt, automatically everything will drop. All the energy will like, okay, he heard me. I let everything out. I let my thing. And then you can discuss saying, okay, how can we solve it? And now when we're talking about solving it, one of the things that I see very often, especially with early businesses, is we're going head to head. And that's really bad for business. And it's not the best for growth as well. When we go head to head, when ego meets another ego, I, I, I meets another I, 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 it will just keep going. It will just keep going, keep going, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I cannot meet an I, 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 okay? Therefore, we have to say, okay, I hear, I understand how can now we do a win-win so we can emerge and become that one answer, one, one uh, resolution that fits both, okay? That it's not a compromise for either one of us. There's always a way to find a solution that is not a compromise for either of you. If there's always a compromise, then it's not a solution. Just keep looking for something that you can do that it's a win-win. And there's always a win-win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Actually, okay. I will uh, add one thing. That win-win is creativity, right? So you have mm-hmm. to be creative to find win-win. And one thing to keep in mind, maybe to make it easier, is the best solution for anger is creativity. Anger and creativity in the brain cannot sit in the same place. You cannot be at the same time creative and angry. It's impossible. So when you call (laughs) that person, say, okay, let's be creative to find a solution that is a win-win and make it work. They have to change to their creative brain. And then anger cannot exist. They can't be like, Oh yeah, let's solve it this way and be creative and then get angry at you. <laughs> it's it's too, <laughs> it's too contradicting, you know what I mean? Yeah, can you uh, share an example about creativity, how to be creative? Uh, any example to understand more about that? Creative is anything, any so- solution that is not that is, you know, um, any solution that can happen, can be a creative solution. For example, you are angry about something and we need to solve it, right? Then let's find a solution that is creative, that makes me happy and makes you happy. That maybe is not a standard solution. Maybe it's a little bit more of a unique solution. Maybe creative Mm -hmm. makes it unique. Maybe it's another word to use it. Um, But anything creative, and anger cannot live. So if you have kids, this is great for kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know this is a business podcast, but this is great for kids too. If your child is angry, okay, if you take him to do something creative, like like uh, paint or anything else that is creative, he would not be able to be angry and creative. Very fast, it will change. So mm-hmm. that's a, always a solution. How do you change to creative from from angry to creative to innovative. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing if you think your business is not doing well and you're angry, things are not happening, um, you know, it's, you're failing. 
you, it's the worst thing to stay in that mind. If a startup, I mentor a lot of startups and businesses, and when they come to me with a problem and they angry about this problem and they, they have a, 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 you know, a co-founder or they have a stakeholder or they have a, a software that they build, but it's not working and they still stay in that angry state, I tell them, if you stay there, you just keep going down. You're just going to keep failing. You keep, you're going to lose your company. What you need to do is get out of there, go for a walk, have a glass of water, go swimming, go running, wherever works for you, come back and start being like a child, be creative, start thinking of what else can I do? What can I innovate? Take the Elon Musk hat and put it on you and say, okay, what can I do? What can I do different? How different can things be? Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay, let's talk about uh, business perspective. For example, I check out a few studies online that most customers uh, are not satisfied with uh, customer experience. Uh, I don't remember exactly the number. Uh, it's around uh, 70, 60% of people who are not satisfied. And uh, businesses can't grow can't go ahead without uh, loyal customers because for example retaining uh, uh, customers uh, cost five times less than acquiring new ones i mean like we need to spend more in marketing to get new clients can you tell how to improve customer experience with limited resources for example uh, uh, let's imagine uh, we have like thousand customers who wanna uh, reach out to decide their problems with, uh, and we have no resources to satisfy all of them. Of course, we can use some AI tools, uh, chatbots, uh, email uh, uh, automation, many things, but uh, it doesn't help to retain most customers and uh, uh, our competitors already know to take them, you know, to, yeah. uh, to yeah yeah it's it's life but can you tell more about how to improve customer experience with limited resources yes i think customer experience comes from you uh it's mm -hmm. first is who am i as a person and what can i bring of me as a person to the table to make it more human a lot of companies focus on automating and automating which is Mm -hmm. I huge believer in it. Um, you know, I'm part of an advisor and, and run technology companies as well. And so it, I believe in technology and I think that's the future and that's great. But one of the problems of some of the startups is that they forget that there's also a human side. So if your company is too technology and there's nothing human there, nothing that you can bring from my, yourself, then it's too cold. You know what I mean by too cold? It's too cold. There's no heartbeat to it. So each company needs to figure out how can I maintain that heartbeat that is still alive, that is still warm in my company, even if it's a technology company. Another thing, most customers, new customer acquisition, it's very expensive, right? New customer acquisition is very expensive, but your customers, if you have multiple layers of offerings, those are your soldiers. So you don't need funding necessarily. Uh, you can use your own resources of the clients you have and let them work for you. But you need to also create uh, a heartbeat 
or create a connection with those people because they will keep buying and you don't need to go and spend money on new clients. You can use the people you have and they can keep buying. If you keep upselling them on products, they will keep continuing with you. And those are the best, right? So you want to nurture them as when if you're nurturing them, they will start bringing you other leads, okay? Mm -hmm. And the easy things you can do is send them messages, uh, send them something that is more personalized. And if they want you to upgrade your system, stuff like that, you can say, even send them a message, say, we, we're trying. And you can even do a recording for them and say, mm-hmm. hey, we are trying to implement all of the things you're mentioning. We want to get there. But at this stage, we're still trying to scale. Therefore, we're asking you if you can help us. Can you help us in understanding what are the things we can do today that maybe doesn't need a lot of funding? Or what are the little experiences you're having today that we can improve on? So you're still addressing the situation. You're still addressing of they want you to improve because they want you to improve because they want to use you more, right? Mm -hmm. So like when people come and say like, oh, they ask me, to do so much and do so much. Well, they ask you to do so much because they want to be with you. It's like a, a husband or a wife or, or, or a parents asking their child, can you do more? Can you be more? Because they want them to grow, because they want them to do be better and bigger and achieve all those dreams. It's the same thing. So your clients are basically asking you to, to give them so they can do more and can be with you more. So going with the methodology of saying, okay, we're trying to get there. We want to get there. We will get there. At this point, what are maybe two, three suggestions you have that we can apply today that are not a lot of funding because we are working on that? Or help us grow. You love using us. We want to implement it. Our next strategy is to implement X, Y, Z. For that, we need to reach five more clients. Can you help us? Do you know anybody? All of those things. Obviously, you have before that, you have to curate, make sure your clients are happy and they're doing well with your products. But yeah, that's a path. You, they're your soldiers. Nurture mm-hmm. those people and your business will skyrocket and you don't need to spend money on new leads because they will bring you, your soldiers will bring you those leads. Okay, but they already mm-hmm. believe in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, before... Uh... I ask a new question. Uh, let me share my story. Uh, a few years ago, uh, my team, uh, we, we were working with some big project and I didn't have time to pay attention uh, on all communication uh, things that are happening in my company. Uh, but in some time, key, uh, good players in my team, uh, team members left company. So I decided to investigate because uh, I felt that people are adults, you know, uh, we, we need to find ways to communicate with each other. But I was wrong about that. I think uh, so uh, as a leader, as an SEO company, I need to speak directly with my uh, uh, team, you know, to spend time to analyze everything is fine. But uh, we got a toxic environment. That's why people left. Uh, and I changed many attitudes after that because I got it. So we can't go ahead if we 
don't care about people in some stages because they don't understand each other. Can you tell more about uh, improving communication skills between departments, uh, members, uh, uh, all team, you know, because uh, when uh, you are so busy, when you have no time, you know, to spend time with your team, but you need to do it, you know, you need to uh, find this time. Can you tell more about improving communication skills? How CEOs of companies can do it, how they can uh, talk uh, the right way with their uh, employees uh, yeah, to improve the skills? What do you think? Yeah. It's a broad you question, know, I understand. It, it's a great question and it's a complex question. Yeah. I will tell you the best CEOs that I know, and I know CEOs of the top 100 of Canada, mm -hmm. The best ones, they are big on communication. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, it's very funny for me when a CEO comes to me and say, oh, I, I have to work on allocating um, time to talk to my team. And but I don't have this time, but I want them to do so well. And I want them to do this and they're not doing this and all of those things. Right. But he doesn't meet with them. So it's, I don't understand that. It's like saying, I want my kids to be great and I want to have a great relationship with my kids, but I'm never home. Yeah. And I never go out with them and I never talk to them and I never ask them how they're yeah. doing. But I really, really don't want toxic relationship. I want them to follow me to the end of the world, but I'm not there. So how do you expect for them to do that? And, and more importantly, why would they do that? Would you do that? No. Would you follow somebody that never there, never ask you how you're doing, never have the time for you to look at your development plan, never tells you, I heard what you said, I am working on getting you to that department or to get you to that goal that you have. If you're never there to tell them that, to be there, to let them be heard, to, to, to guide them, then what's the point? Yeah. It, it will never happen. And obviously you have a toxic, toxic environment because yeah. the kids do whatever they want. And they fight with each other and there's nobody there. There's nobody there, right? So it's just you left them there and they have desires. They have goals. They have dreams. They have desires that they just, they're like, okay, we are here. We're in this box. I need to go out and find that. Or they just sit there and loyal to you and just like unhappy in their chair. So it, yes, it's up to the leader to not try to create time but it's actually the job of the leader is not to go and do other stuff the job of a manager is not to go and do other things the badge of the manager is to manage it's to be there and have uh monthly one-on-ones to see okay where's the person is at what's the goals how to get help those people get to those goals the more you do that, the more they will love being with you. They will be around you. They, and, and 
it's it's very important and that's the basics of communication we can go in deeper and you know the the difference how you tell them things your intonation all of those things there are obviously those are the next levels of communication but at minimum you have to show up you have to mm-hmm. show up uh, can you tell about best practices about that how to do it for example uh, you mentioned about uh, top CEO companies in Canada, uh, how they usually communicate with their teams? Uh, I mean, like they uh, schedule time or uh, find some other attitudes. Just tell more about that. Yeah. So usually the, the ingredient is you need to have one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You need to have one, depending on how many groups you have, you need to do um, one-on-one, then the smaller groups and the bigger groups and big bring them together. If you cannot bring them together and, and get them doing activities together or doing other stuff, they will not learn how to be with each other and work and learn, teach them how to understand each other. So you need to do activities to the smaller groups and the bigger groups, depending on the size of your company. So um, it can be one-on-one, then the manager with his team, let's say it's five, 10 people, and then the VP and his team, which may VP, maybe somebody three, four, five people reporting to him and they all have teams. You have to do that, you have to connect them. And that can be as simple as, oh, okay, Friday we do virtual um, wine tasting, that it's very chill and very easy. Um, or it can be one-on-ones where you meet with the say and you say, okay, we're going to book. Let's say somebody new is coming to your company. You do this. You say, okay, we're going to book monthly, if you have a small team, monthly, one-on-one, that is half an hour or an hour. It's up to you, depending on your schedule. And it can be quarterly if you have a big team where we talk about anything that you want. I'm not telling you anything. You can talk to me about your kids. You can talk to me about business. You can talk to me about anything. This is your half hour. You can bring me ideas. You can, whatever you want, whatever, we can sit in silence if you want. Whatever you want, it's your half hour because they're so used to you telling them what to do. It's let them, let's hear from them. And they will come to you with like, I moved and they tell you about their home and you have this casual conversation, which you get to know them better. Or they may tell you, okay, you know, I'm thinking I'm not happy. I want to move departments. I want to, maybe I want to be in a different title. I want to grow. Maybe I want, they're like, okay, cool. Maybe we need to create a growth program for you. What are the different events you will attend? What is the different thing? What does that look like? How those are meetings to nurture them. It's not about you. It's about them. So those are, I think, are very, very important. And the most important is when you do that, to remember that. So one of the things that uh, I love to use, and I use it with different teams, if they tell me something, I may come back in the week and say, I heard you when you said that you want this. I'm going to work on that. So I come to them a week after, and show them that I remember what you told me and I take it to heart and I will work to try to make your dreams come true. And if I try to make your dreams come true without attachment, without ego, without trying to like, I'm going to do that to keep you. No, I'm going to hear 
to try to grow you. Same thing with kids, to get you to be the best as you can be in the way you want, not the way I want, because that's a tricky one. That often a leader will say, I see this in this person. And then they will try to lead that person towards their direction. But it should be, what does that other person want? And you can talk about it and you can share. Like, I see this in you. Would you like to do it? They may say, no, I'm not interested in doing that. Uh, so then you have to make sure that you're leading them by what they want, their goals, the desires that they want, not what you want. Because that you, what you want is the selfish thing to do. It's the ego thing to do. I want them to do this. No, mm -hmm. it's about nurturing them, their skill, what they want to do in a win-win situation that it works with you and your company as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, leaders, CEO, they need to serve their employees, not uh, <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> uh, I have the final question. Can you tell uh, about the future of communication? Because many things are coming metaverse, AI tools that will replace humans in some places. What businesses need to consider today to uh, cover this huge future, for example, uh, forecast uh, something, what we need to do today about the future? I think in a simple way, what I said before is we need to be very, very aware and mindful mm -hmm. of keeping the heart and the human element in our companies and not let it become a cold company where it's just transaction is and it's all automated. Even if it's the most intense technology, how do we keep that heart, that heart be booming and, and, and working and it's, a, it's still a warm environment because those companies will go far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Angela, it's a big pleasure to get you on my show, to learn from you. Tell our audience how they reach in, can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Great. So you can follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram at Angela Podolsky. As well, um, I have exciting news. We are launching our communication podcast in the fall. So yay, we're working hard on that. It will be all about communication, different types of communication. So if you are interested, follow on LinkedIn and Instagram so you, you know when it's coming up. And if you want to be more updated in your email inbox, we have newsletters that are coming in about once a month. They're very casual and we tell you what's happening. So if you want to be on the uh, mailing list, send me a DM, LinkedIn or Instagram with your email address and I'll add you to that as well. Okay, Thank guys. so much for having me. Okay, guys, you can see a lot of value. You need to follow Angela on LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, to subscribe to this newsletter because you can see a lot of valuable insights. Yeah, for me, you know, uh, value uh, pushes me forward. So yeah, I'm so excited to uh, communicate with you uh welcome back anytime guys you can find all these links in the description below listen to us on apple google spotify and see you next time